Welcome back to the Fantasy Oddscast. I have the utmost pleasure with me with my co-host of this podcast, Jake Perry. You can follow him on Twitter, Jake Perry 34 You can follow me on Twitter, AJ, AJ Decipher. How's it going, man? Going good, man. Um, you know, it's been a been a long week since the last time we were on here. Yeah. Um, I've got some exciting news to announce. Um, so myself and four other people, uh, two people that I've known for, or three people that I've known for quite some time, and a, a trusted football player friend of one of my friends will be doing a full seven round NFL mock draft, mocking the entire NFL draft. Um, we've each divvied up the teams uh, amongst each other so that we all have pretty similar amount of picks, um, pretty balanced teams. Um, for myself, I'll be picking for the Bears, Jaguars, Ravens, Bengals, Colts, and Broncos. Um, and then the rest of those are split up with uh, between you know the the rest of the, the other four guys. But um, that should be exciting. We got a bunch of former football players uh, in this group. Um, one of my best friends is part of it as well. So it should be a blast. So definitely everybody out there, keep an eye on the Fantasy Oddscast Twitter um, at Fantasy Oddscast, and you should be able to uh, see that coming up. We're gonna do it as a full live draft. So we're gonna do everything live. Um, so whenever that uh, that comes to be, keep an eye out, and we'll keep everybody updated. All right, man. Yeah, hell yeah. That's going to be really fun. I mean, you know, I, I just got to know that idea last night. So, I mean, like, I'm really excited to put that t- stuff together. So, um, yeah, a live draft, full seven round, 252 picks. I think that's how many – or 254. I can't remember how many picks are in the draft. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a really nice show. I bet, Jake. Yeah, man, it'll be fun. Um, you know, it started as just a random idea between myself and one of my friends. And then uh, we figured that it would probably be best if the two of us didn't make picks for all 32 teams. So we got a few more friends involved, and uh, it should be a blast. But anyways, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this week's show, um, what everybody's kind of been waiting for, the dynasty rankings. Um, this week we've got our quarterbacks. Um, AJ, take a guess. Who do you think quarterback one is? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that was about the most obvious thing that could have ever happened. Um, so yeah, so this week, um, so our dynasty QB one is Patrick Mahomes. I don't even think I really need to explain that, as, you know, at all. Um, Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in football, if not the best quarterback in football. Um, he's going to continue to perform at a high level. You know, he's got the offensive talent around him. He's got a, a, a coach that's one of the you know most brilliant offensive minds in football, and he just seems to keep getting better and better. You know, he may never touch the 50 touchdowns that he threw in his sophomore season. I guess technically his you know his rookie season, he only played one game in 17, so you know he may not ever touch the 50 touchdowns that he. He got in 2018 again but the man set career highs in yards per game he still had 38 touchdowns only six picks led the league in interception percentage he just continues to perform at an extremely high level um, he doesn't necessarily have some of the rushing upside that the quarterbacks that I'm going to talk about after this have um, but you know his off his upside with his arm is so high um, and he does still add you know a decent bit to the ground he had his career high rushing yards this year tied his career high touchdowns uh, rushing wise so you know he's clearly still you know offering a lot of value on both sides of the ball but Mahomes is going to continue to just put up insane numbers year after year and you know lock him in as the dynasty quarterback one and you really don't have to worry about anything else moving forward um, so yeah, go before ahead. we get before we get into your couple of rankings there of the quarterbacks, I mean, I just want to say one thing about Patrick Mahomes. Like, this guy's going to come back so angry that maybe the Kansas City Chiefs actually might win the Super Bowl next year. I mean, like they're probably going to load up. I mean, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes has something to prove out there. I mean, like that one Super Bowl win was something was a you know a rookie contract 
um, accomplishment, but now that he's signed for 10 years, a $500 million deal, right, Jake? He's going to want to give multiple Super Bowls to Kansas City. I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. He's, gonna, he's cemented his legacy or legacy to be built in Kansas City. So, I mean, um, man, I think uh, I got Kansas City winning it next year. I mean, I think they have something to prove, man. So, I mean, like, if, if you have a chance to grab Patrick Mahomes, obviously, with the first pick uh, or to the uh, – not the first pick, sorry, or, like um, – one um one point zero two or one point zero three, I would grab him right there. I mean, like that's just like a no brainer pick, man. Yeah, and especially if you're playing in a dy- like a dynasty format where you're either two two quarterback or super flex. There's a lot of people out there, and myself included, who think QBs need to go early and often in those type of drafts. You, I would not be upset with you if you took Patrick Mahomes first overall in a dynasty startup, uh, which has which where you start two quarterbacks. You know, when you whenever you have two quarterbacks involved, you're not going to be winning with guys like you know. If we look at like all of the quarterbacks, you're not going to be winning games consistently anyway with like Mitch Trubisky and Jimmy G as your starting quarterbacks in Superflex. It's just not going to happen, um, especially not in two quarterback. So, you know, going quarterback early and often is going to be huge. And, you know, I took Mahomes at the 103 in our Superflex startup. Um, I was kind of shocked. I thought a quarterback would go a little bit earlier there. But, you know, I'll take the first quarterback off the board and I'll take Mahomes any day of the week. Um, as we look forward through the rankings here, um, I'm going to give a little information that some people may not necessarily know about or may not necessarily uh, have heard about before. Um, But people are probably familiar with the Konami code. The Konami code was the cheat code. It was one of the first cheat codes ever invented for, uh, you know, the the gaming uh, community, essentially. Um, But there's been a lot of research. Um, my eyes were opened by uh, Mike Me Up from the Bunk Bed Breakdowns podcast, um, and uh, he works with uh, Big Dogs Got to Eat. If you're familiar with any of their content, um, but his he uh, informed me of something that's called the Konami Code. The Konami Code is essentially quarterbacks with rushing upside have they're the ones who are going to help win you your league. Hence the name. They're almost like a cheat code. So a lot of the quarterbacks you're going to see in my rankings are going to be guys who are very run heavy. Obviously Mahomes doesn't necessarily fit that bill, but Mahomes is such a prolific passer that he doesn't necessarily need that. Um, So don't be surprised that you hear a lot of rushing upside quarterbacks um, in this top 10. Um, Specifically, I'm going to start with my quarterback two and the quarterback two for me is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a quarterback that we've seen struggle in the past Um, You know, his accuracy, you know, up until this year, he was uh, his biggest issue essentially was his accuracy. That's what everybody's biggest knock on him was, you know, sub 60 percent accuracy in each of his first two years. Um, While he was, you know, a a decent passer in 2019 um, in 2018, he wasn't very good at all, to be frank. But to be fair, that Bill's offense just was lacking a lot of weapons. Um, Same kind of deal in 2019, just really not having the passing attack um, and the passing weapons that are there. Um, But we saw Josh Allen take a huge step forward in 2020 Um, career highs in passing yards, passing touchdowns. Um, You know, he was the uh, completion percentage completing nearly 70 percent of his passes. Um, His yards per game jumped by nearly 100. 
100 um, from 193 to previous year to 284. Um, his his quarterback rating went up. His passing rating went up. He just he improved on every facet of his game in 2020. Um, and I continue to see this progression moving forward. Um, as the Bills showed this year, they are a force to be reckoned with with this type of Josh Allen, with Stephon Diggs, with the team that they've built. And they're only going to keep improving upon this current roster. You know, they're not losing talent anywhere. They've got a, a lot of young talent in guys like Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, um, Gabe Davis, you know, Stefan Diggs, it's only what, 27, 28. So obviously a lot of talent there. Um, and uh, like I was just talking about the rushing upside with Josh Allen is too much to pass up for me this year. He didn't run as much as he did last year. Um, but only by seven seven rushes, but he still scored eight touchdowns. He had 420 rushing yards. If you're going to get that type of production out of your quarterback's legs, like that's low end, that's like low RB two, high RB three upside out of a run out of a quarterback. And once you stack the passing upside with him, it's just there's nobody else that I can envision you know, as a, a, a great second option. Um, there's guys that I'll talk about a little bit lower on this list, obviously, like Lamar and Kyler, um, but just they don't have the passing upside, in my opinion, of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is much more arm strength than either of them. He sees the field better than both of them, in my opinion. And if he can continue to perform uh, at a level that he did in 2020 with accuracy, um, he's going to stand out amongst the quarterbacks, and he, he might even end up being the quarterback one of this season. I would not be surprised if that were the case. Before you go into your third quarterback there, Jake, um, you know, I like I enjoyed watching the Buffalo Bills, man. I thought I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, obviously that wasn't the case, but like, you know, I mean, I would have loved the Bills and Tampa Bay match. That, like, I actually predicted that with my buddy Austin. Um, we were, I was just at his house and we were chilling, we were watching the Bills and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played that night. And I'm like, these two teams are like, or like, he's like, I mean, he was like, these two teams can go to the Super Bowl. I just put like twenty bucks on it. Like it was really close. I mean, like, I mean, like I'm not throwing any shade behind the Chiefs or anything, but like it would have been really cool to see Josh Allen face off against uh, Tom Brady. Two really lethal offenses. It'll just go right back and forth, back and forth. I mean, but like still, I mean, you know, you forgot to mention he has two studs of tight ends, Lisa Smith and uh, Dawson Knox. I mean, like, you know, if if any of his wide receivers are not open, I have won a lot of money. On Dawson, Dawson Knox scoring a touchdown when um, Josh Allen is, uh, I think, maybe six or five yards away from the end zone, right? Um, there's like this really interesting motion that uh, the Buffalo Bills do. I think Josh Allen lines up like right behind the left tackle, and then he then they go into motion, snaps the ball, throws it right to Dawson Knox. He's always open, and it's, it's like the play that he chooses and he doesn't go away from that play that's what i love about quarterbacks man i mean like you you stick with plays that work i mean obviously if things don't work you switch it up a little bit and that's what josh allen does man i mean you know i would i would kill to have josh allen on the bears but you know i mean man hell of an athlete gifted gifted athlete um can see the field like you said jake better than better than all those guys like you mentioned kyler and lamar jackson but you know i'm, I'm like you know i mean I can see like a Bills and Kansas City um, AFC Championship game again. Yeah, man, I could definitely see that. There's a lot of upside, you know, to this Bills team. They're going to be, you know, if they improve, they tighten up a little bit on defense, maybe add a more prolific rusher than Singletary and uh, Zach Moss, or if one of those two just takes a huge step forward this year, they're going to be a super scary team. But yeah. um, as we move into my quarterback three, um, this is this one might surprise some people. Um, I've seen a lot of people ranking this guy a lot lower 
Um, not a lot lower, but in the like more like four, five, six range. Um, but for me, quarterback three is Deshaun Watson. You know, even with everything that's going on with him wanting to get out of Houston, with you know them be- there being some worries of him potentially you know sitting out if Houston doesn't trade him. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think he'll pull a Carson Palmer and retire and then come back in a year. Um, you know, I don't think anything like that is going to happen. But specifically off of football talent, I see no reason that Deshaun Watson should not be quarter like one of the top five quarterbacks this upcoming year. He's coming off of a season where he had career highs in completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, yards per attempt, yards per completion. He had the he uh, had the uh, low the least amount of interceptions in his career, the best interception percentage that he had in his entire career, um, the longest pass he's ever completed in his career, the most first downs he's ever had in his career. He put up his best numbers of his career so far with Will Fuller as his uh, wide receiver one for what, 13 games before he got suspended. And then he was throwing to Kiki QT and, you know, Chad Hansen guys I've never heard of before. He did all of this without, without one of the best wide receivers in football and Deandre Hopkins after he was traded last year, he is just putting up insane numbers. We've seen him time and time again. And if you look at a lot of advanced metrics, when it comes to quarterback play, the Texans rank at the at the top of that. The way that Deshaun Watson outperformed the talent that he was working with gives me the utmost confidence in him moving forward, and I don't see any reason that he can't succeed. And as we previously talked about, he's got the rushing upside as well. He's averaged over 400 yards a year. Um, he averaged he only had three touchdowns this year, which was down from the previous two years where he had five and seven. But again, this is a quarterback with rushing upside on top of being one of the most prolific passers in the league, probably one of the most underrated passers in the league, if we're being 100 percent honest. You know, you don't really hear him mentioned in the same light as guys like, you know, you hear Aaron Rodgers mentioned a lot. You hear Russ message mentioned a lot. But you don't hear Watson in that category all too often when in reality, he's arguably the second or third best quarterback in football. And I've got him rated as such moving forward. Yeah, man, I, I really want I really want to see Deshaun Watson in Chicago. It's not going to happen. But like, I don't really think Russell Wilson's going to happen either. I think he's probably in your rankings, too. But like, we'll talk about him maybe. Right. I think I'm just spitballing here. But. Man, Deshaun Watson, he does things to me when, like, you know, when he doesn't have things around him. Like, he has a glorified college football team around him, you know? I mean, a Kiki Cutie, um, I think one of the wide receivers, I think, were just gone, I guess. Like, disappeared. They just cut him out of nowhere. I can't remember the name. But, like, you know, he has guys. He has a running back, I think. If you can help me jog my memory here, Jake, on Sean Watson. 95-year-old, 90, yeah, his running back is 95-year-old running back in David Johnson. David Johnson, who they shared. He seems like he's yeah. 95 anyway. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, he can't stay healthy. He stays off the field a lot, you know. Um, then he had guys like Kiki Cutie, um, Braden Cooks, I think it was. Um, so, I mean, like, it's not, I mean, the offensive line wasn't as good either. So, I mean, like, you know, and the Texans don't have a first-round pick to help him out either. So, like, I mean, for like, I'm going to try to talk about this from not a non-trade perspective, but like, you know, I think Houston has just like failed to build around guys. I mean, like when they had Matt Schaub, I mean, if you remember that, Jake, um, they yep. just failed to build around him. Uh, when they had guys like Aaron Foster and um, Andre Johnson, they're doing the same thing with uh, Deshaun Watson here. They're just incapable to run an NFL franchise. Um now, talking from a trade perspective, uh, I mean, it's going to get worse than it is right now. Um, around July or June or even May, you might see that, like, 
Deshaun Watson, Watson, he wants out of Houston. Like it's gonna come to a point where like his agent's gonna tell the media that he wants out of well, he wants out of Houston, and then that's where all the NFL teams are gonna be submitting real offers. I hope it's the Bears, one of them. I mean, like you know, I'm a believer in like unknown first round picks. Like if you don't know what they have, they can't have. Um, a career like Deshaun Watson is having right now. So I mean, like, but then again, I mean, it is ruining. It is ruining your. It is ruining your uh, future and mortgaging your future. So I mean, you know, I really hope that the Bears get it right. But like, you know, in terms of Deshaun Watson, I mean, like, if you are there, I think uh, I would Jake. I would assume he goes in like round a top round two, maybe. I mean, maybe if you're maybe if you're feeling dangerous, he goes like a like the late end of round one in dynasty form. Yeah, I think if you're if you're in a dynasty one quarterback league, he'll probably still be one of the top four quarterbacks off the board, four or five. Um, if you're if you're anything like some of the mocks, so um, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts with other members of Dynasty Twitter um, recently, and a lot of the a lot of the super flex formats where or two two quarterback formats, um, it's not surprising to see literally like the first seven or eight guys off the board be a quarterback. So you know Watson is going to go early in drafts, and if you can you know in a redraft non dynasty specific like in redraft i've seen watson falling as far as like the you know uh, a lot of times i don't see quarterbacks really start to come off until about the third so if you can get watson as like the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board in like the fifth or sixth round which uh, i've i've done in two dynasty or uh two startup drafts so far like that's just that value is insane but watson really should be one of the top five quarterbacks off the board i think i'd take him on off the board over guys like russ i'd take him over guys like rogers just simply off the rushing upside that he offers yeah, man. I mean, like, that guy's dangerous. You know, as soon as, like, there's no one open, he just takes off. That boy is dangerous. Yeah, man. It's, you know, he's he's a fun quarterback to watch, as are, you know, all of the guys that I have on this list here. But um, as I continue moving forward, um, these two, the next two guys that I'm going to talk about, you could probably flip-flop flop them in just about any way, and I would understand your argument for doing so. But my four and five are Kyler and Lamar. Um, I personally have Kyler ranked a little bit higher. The only reason I have him ranked a little bit higher too is just, I trust his offense a little bit more. Um, I trust the offense, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and his offense to continue to build. And they're in a position where, you know, they've got a lot of talent around him already. They've got Deandre Hopkins. They've got, um, you know, decent running backs in Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmond. You know, they don't really have like a prolific tight end. So that may be something we see them attack in the draft. Um, they don't really have, you know, Christian Kirk's a solid wide receiver too, but he's not nothing special. Honestly, I don't get the Christian Kirk hype that a lot of people have. Um, you know, and then you have Larry Fitz is like wide receiver three, but you know, that room, he's putting up decent numbers with room to improve in that offense. Um, you know, pretty good completion percentage this year, uh, career high touchdowns, same amount of interceptions as last year on more attempts. So, you know, he was a little bit more efficient with the ball this year. Plus on his rush on Kyler's rushing upside, you know, 819 yards with 11 touchdowns. Like it's hard to, you know, not trust that. Um, that production moving forward. Obviously, my issue with Kyler is being a smaller guy. You have to hope that he he you know stands up to injuries well. As we saw, his production really went down when he had that you know a bit of a shoulder injury this year. Um, but if he can stay healthy, man, he's going to be. He is a cheat code. He's a running back who throws 25 touchdowns a year. And same same kind of deal goes with Lamar. Like 
you know, Lamar, he didn't match his, you know, his insane 2019 season. He was overdrafted by a lot of people, probably myself included. I took him in the third um, in a in a in a redraft league. Um, but again, this is a guy who's who's put up a thousand yards in each of the past two seasons as a runner. Seven touchdowns each of the past two seasons as a runner. Like his rushing upside makes it impossible for him to fall out of those top five quarterbacks. Um, while they didn't have a true wide receiver one, and I think that really showed. You know, I think of Marquise Brown as a, a he's a wide receiver two in my opinion he's a guy that's a he's a nice piece to have obviously you want a burner like that in your offense but they don't have like a true like route running technician they don't have a Devonte adams or deandre hopkins alan robinson a guy who's going to go up and get it who's going to you know create separation and uh, you know open up the routes like you know they just don't have that and i think they probably attack wide receiver in the draft to give to give uh lamar a true wide receiver one and i might you know we might see an uptick in his performance again this coming year again you know I just trust the offense a little bit more in Arizona to build around Kyler than I trust Harbaugh to build around Lamar. But, you know, they're both still in my top five comfortably. And if you wanted to flip either of those guys around, I definitely wouldn't blame you. Yeah, man. I mean, I love Kyler. I think, you know, he has those weapons around him. I mean, he's got guys like Chase Edmonds, uh, you know, uh, I mean, obviously the tree, number one wide receiver, one of the best in the league, uh, Nuke, um, Oh, sorry. Just these enchiladas, man. Holy shit, so good. Um, but uh, he's got Nuke, and then he's got Christian Kirk, who they just drafted, right? I mean, like, if man, you know, I think if Kyler stays healthy, Jake, he can easily crack top three. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if he if he can improve on the passing numbers a little bit, um, and he just continues to rush with the efficiency that he does, I yeah. see no reason. Like, and that's that's the thing with all of the top, you know, arguably six guys that I have on my list here. Any of them could legitimately be in one of the top three quarterbacks at the end of this upcoming season, assuming all stay healthy. Just you know, they each offer different parts of the game um, that really shine for them. But you know, the performance is there for all of them, and Really, like, it takes, you know, a couple really elite games to jump into that top three. So all of my top six, I think, could be top three quarterbacks end of season 2021. And, and also, the, if you take in consideration, if Lamar gets, like, a wide receiver one, a, re, a real wide receiver one where Marquise Brown can, like, play from the sl- slot and, you know, um, and if that wide receiver one can, like, you know, drag defenders away from Marquise Brown, I think Marquise Brown could be in in shape for a really good third year. Um I'm talking like what what the numbers that he put up in Oklahoma. I mean, like obviously it's gonna be like around 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. But like that's my prediction for him. I mean, like if if Baltimore gets like a really nice possession receiver who can like take eyes off of like a Marquise Brown, Jake. I think Lamar is gonna like you know take a backseat and stop running the ball and like you know just like gun it downfield that wide receiver one and Marquise Brown I mean like and he has Mark Andrews too and he has J.K. Dobbins too I think I think I really think that again Baltimore is a a wide receiver one away from actually being a Super Bowl contender I mean they were before but like you know they were missing a couple pieces but now they're gonna get Stanley healthy um I, I don't know what the status of their right tackle is but you know he's gonna be healthy um uh, they're gonna, they're gonna. If they can go out and get that wide receiver one that I'm talking about, then I think, man, they could, they could be Super Bowl dark, horse, dark horse Super Bowl contenders too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're just a few pieces away. You know, they've got a lot yeah. of talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, they're a couple pieces from being a, a real contender, away, yeah. and you know that's. 
Exactly. Yeah, they're they're close, man. It, it'll be uh, interesting to see how they develop in this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Um, as we keep looking forward here, uh, my quarterback six. This is where things start to get a little bit interesting. You know, my top five are in pretty much any order going to be a lot of people's top five. You know, like I said, the rushing upside just makes it hard for that not to be the case. Um, my quarterback six is Dak, uh, Dak Prescott. While he's coming off a severe injury, we have to look at the production that he had last year with a you know arguably a, a bad offensive line i don't even think that's really arguable like he had a bad offensive line that he was playing behind um, his team's defense was one of the worst in football if not the worst so he was constantly playing from behind but the man was on pace for over six thousand passing yards like we he was putting up absolutely insane numbers last year if we look on like a game per game basis you know he had games of he had multiple 400 yard passing games you know, three touchdown games, four touchdown games. Um, you know, he was just put doing insane things and he was keeping the ball, you know, pretty secure. Um, you know, his interception percentage was about the same as he had the previous year. It was basically right in line with his career average. Um, and he still offered some rushing upside as well. Um, each of the previous or in three of the previous four seasons, he had six rushing touchdowns. 2019, his rushing took a little bit of a backseat, but I think that's just because they went, uh, you know, a little bit more heavy on the goal line running back situation. Um, I'd have to look at that, but I feel like Zeke scored a ton of touchdowns within the five yard line in 2019. Um, but even just last year, he had three, tu- he had matched the, the touchdowns of the previous year in five games. You know, he runs the ball, you know, probably uh, he runs the ball a little bit more frequently than Mahomes does probably with a little bit more efficiency as well. Um, he's not a runner first by any means, but with the arm talent, especially because I don't see him going anywhere else. I 100% see him re-signing in, um, in Dallas there. And with the wide receiving core that he has of Amari Cooper is the one CD lamb as the two. And I think CD lamb, as we talked about in my wide receiver rankings is a top with potential to be a top 10 wide receiver in all of football. Plus he's only like 20, he's 21 right now. I don't even think he's turned 22 yet. Um, and you have Michael Gallup as your three with your tight end, you know, with Blake Jarwin, he's going to be healthy this year at the tight end position. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential. Plus, Zeke's going to come back. The offensive line is going to be healthy. Again, Dak could be a top three quarterback this year as he was on pace to be. You know, and I was in a super flex league or a two quarterback league, and he was winning guys' games single handedly with the numbers that he was putting up. And I don't see any way that he doesn't continue to improve. And yes, we have to worry about the injury, but the injury just doesn't do enough for me to knock him down the rankings at all. Yeah, I think Doc Prescott's going to come back stronger than ever. I think he's going to stay put in Dallas, too. And why wouldn't he? I think Jerry Jones is just, you know, just waiting it out, see what the camp situation is, like I said a couple episodes ago. So, I mean, like, you know, it's a financial decision. You know, obviously they got to put the money together for the extension to happen. Of course, there's the other money involved in it, too. Um, but he's going to stay in Dallas. You know, he's going to get that deal, uh, whether it's right now or whether it's in August. But he's going to end up getting it. So um, some Dak ball is going to be in Dallas for sure. So, you know, all those receivers there, C.D. Lamb, you got Amari Cooper, you got um, Michael Gallup, like you mentioned. Um, you know, those are three studs. You got Zeke, and I don't know what status of Tony Pollard is. I think he's a free agent. So, um, and like you mentioned too, Jake, uh, Jake uh, Blake Jarwin. So that's going to actually be another boost for Doc, too. And I just saw a video on YouTube. Like, Doc, he, he is a fearless runner. Like, I don't know if that's going to change after this injury, and I don't see why it wouldn't change, because this man, he just took the snap, and it was against the Seattle Seahawks. It was in that wild card game, uh, I think a year ago, and he just took it right up the gut, 
for a touchdown. And it was like a 17-yard rushing touchdown, man. Such a fearless runner, man. I mean, like I said, this man is going to come back even stronger after the injury, and it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, man, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be entertaining. You know, Dak's been one of my favorite quarterbacks. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I've been calling him a potential top 10 quarterback for like four years now, and everybody keeps doubting me, but he keeps doing it. Um, yeah, man, it'll be, I'm, I'm excited to see him healthy again. I can't wait to see what he does, you know, in this coming year. Um, as we look, you know, a little bit further down to my rankings, as we start looking at the uh, the seven through ten range, um, I do have some honorable mentions that I'm going to talk about as well, which I haven't really done um, up to this point. But this is, quarterback's one of those positions where I think there's legitimately like 14 or 15 guys who all have you know top 10 potential here. Um, my quarterback seven is Justin Herbert. Um, you know, after what we saw last year, it's hard for me to say that he's not going to be the quarterback. You know, a top 10 quarterback this year, especially when you consider that he was playing with, you know, injured, consistently injured wide receivers. Um, Keenan Allen missed some time. You know, Mike Williams missed some time. Hunter Henry missed some time. Eckler missed some time. And the man still threw 30, for 4,000 yards and 31 touchdowns behind, again, a terrible offensive line. Um, his rushing upside, too, is a lot, you know, it's a lot lower than he gets credit for. Um, he, had he had 234 yards last year, so not a ton. But on the goal line, again, he's one of those guys that, you, like, you're, like with Dak, he's fearless. He will he will like bully his way into the end zone and he will try it four or five times if he has to if they get a first down because they're on the one and like the one and a, the half yard lines of first down he'll get that and then he'll run it right back up the gut again he doesn't care um so you know the upside that you get with herbert i think especially when you consider that he was a rookie last year um and he was a guy that a lot of people doubted coming into the nfl i personally had him at quarterback too um behind the guy that we're gonna rank right after him here but you know herbert's upside you know if they if those that skill group can stay healthy and the offensive line gets improved through the draft at all. You know, Herbert's going to be a force to be reckoned with for quite some time. And I'm super comfortable putting him in my top seven. And then as I, as I briefly mentioned there, I've got Joe Burrow as my quarterback eight. Um, while he is coming off of obviously a severe knee injury, um, again, this is a guy who's, you know, he was the quarterback one coming out of the draft. He was the first overall pick and he was playing with a team that really didn't have a wide receiver to trust outside of Tyler Boyd. You know, T Higgins started to come on a little bit later, you know, down the line, but AJ Green's super old. John Ross wasn't really used. Auden Tate was hurt and wasn't really used. Like he, he didn't really have much that he was working with. Their tight ends were abysmal. Um, you know, Drew Sample after Uzoma got hurt, you know, he had, everybody thought he was going to be a super, you know, high end tight end, which he really just wasn't. Um, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of improvement to do at the skill positions and the offensive line, but we saw the talent shining with Joe Burrow. We saw the potential there, you know, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions in 10 games is, you know, it's obviously not great. Uh, but again, he's working with, uh, he was working with a bad overall team. Um, I think the potential there is too high to pass on his rushing upside. I think even moving forward, I'm not worried about the knee injury. You know, Burrow's a guy who had been mostly healthy for his entire career up until this point throughout college. Um, you know, he's, he's sees the field as good as any quarterback in the NFL. He's got the arm talent. He's got some rushing upside, you know, he had three touchdowns. Um, on 140 yards rushing, you know, it's not insane upside, but especially in dynasty, like the youth of the quarterback position is huge for me. Um, so I still have Burrow in my top eight. Yeah, man. I mean, I really think that, uh, you know, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow can actually can make those big strides this next season. I mean, obviously Justin Herbert being that offensive rookie of the year, um, 
And, man, that was really nice to see, man. You know, I mean, Justin Herbert, I was actually really, really wrong on him um, coming out of Oregon. So, um, but, like, you know, I'm ready to eat my crow. So, uh, Justin Herbert, you are a really good quarterback. He broke the, I'm pretty sure he broke the um, passing touchdown stuff for a rookie. Passed that by Baker Mayfield. So, um, yeah, insane quarterback there. And I really think um, ju uh, this other guy there in Cincinnati, um, Joe Burrow, uh, man, he's going to have a hell of a season. I think what they're going to do with Cincinnati is they're going to get that offensive lineman and um, just coast from there. You know, I mean, they can make some free agency signings for that offensive line. You know, they got that cap, so uh, they can uh, maneuver some money around, um, protect Joe Burrow, because that's how he got hurt. He tore his ACL on a sack. So, um, you know, hopefully the ownership sees it. Hopefully uh, the head coach sees it and gets him some help because he's got some really nice receivers there in, um, in Cleveland, not Cleveland, sorry, uh, Cincinnati. So, and he's got Joe Mixon, a really talented running back. So hopefully they could uh, put it together in Cincinnati and they have a really bright future ahead of them. Yeah, for sure, man. If they can improve, you know, they've got some weak spots for sure, but what football team doesn't? So if they can improve, uh, improve with, you know, Burrow's talent at the quarterback position, it's going to be hard to, you know, not see some success there. But moving on, um, this is the first pure rookie to make a single appearance in any of my rankings so far, and that is my quarterback nine for this upcoming year, Trevor Lawrence. Um, while People might argue that, you know, can a rookie really be, you know, a guy that we haven't seen in the NFL? Can we put him in the top 10 rankings? I feel 100% that we can. Um, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck. Um, and I think he's got a brighter future than Aaron Luck, uh, than, than Luck even did. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, you're getting a prolific passer, a guy who sees the field, has all the arm strength to make all the throws. We've seen him do everything. We've seen him roll right and left. We've seen him throw on the run. We've seen him throw under pressure. We've seen him in a you know in a perfectly clean pocket dropping dimes. We've seen him create plays with his legs. You know he's probably the most underrated runner of this quarterback group that's coming out of the draft here. People are not realizing that you know he scored nine rushing touchdowns as a sophomore last year, eight rushing touchdowns this year while running the ball less. He put up the you know similar passing numbers while throwing the ball less. People want to talk about his touchdowns being down this past year. The man threw the ball 70 less times than he did the year prior, scored at just about an, as efficient of a rate as he did the year prior, and just was putting up insane numbers and was doing so while only playing 10 games. Like He did insane things with the football this year. I see no reason that he can't come out and immediately be a top 10 quarterback. And I have targeted him in many drafts yet to get him, but um, he's a guy that I just see, you know, I don't see a way that he doesn't come into the NFL and succeed, especially with the uh, the group that he is, you know, the group that he's going to go to. He's probably going to go one overall. I don't see any way he doesn't. Um, so, you know, being in, in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, um, a lot of talent already there and James Robinson, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, you know, and they could target a true wide receiver one, and, you know, if your third option is a LaVisca Chenault, who you can use in like a Curtis Samuel role, use him out of the backfield a little bit, hit him on screens, just use him a little bit more dynamically. Like that offense could be really scary really quick. Um, and that's why I felt super comfortable putting him in my top 10. Um, and then my 10th overall quarterback, I have Ryan Tannehill. This is probably going to be the most controversial person that I could put in this position. But as we've seen, Ryan Tannehill was completely screwed over by Adam Gase. He's a top 10 quarterback. What he was arguably 
and I don't even think it's arguable if you run a lot of the metrics, he was the most important part of that Tennessee offense. Just what he is able to do. Um, again, another super underrated runner. We saw a couple games last year where you know he turned into a Lamar Jackson style runner where he's just breaking tackles he's breaking huge runs you know 260 rushing yards seven touchdowns you know a long run of 45 yards like he's just underrated when it comes to what he can do with his legs and he threw 33 touchdowns and nearly 4,000 yards um you know the honorable mentions that i have you can make a lot of arguments that these guys should probably be in this list too your aaron Rodgers, your russell wilson while i agree I have concerns about both of them, age not necessarily being one of them, but if we look at Rodgers specifically, um, his efficiency um, scoring touchdowns this year was, you know, arguably at an all-time level, his career high uh, as well, his best since his age 28 season in 2011. You know, a 9.1% touchdown percentage is insane. You know, 40 touchdowns after, you know, only being in the 20s each of the past two years, uh, his, his only his third 40 touching 30, third 40 touchdown season of his career. And to do so with the receiving core that he did, obviously he's still an uber talented quarterback and inside the five yard line, he's probably the best quarterback in football. Um, I just think with his, um, his age getting up there, he's going to be a little more conscious. He's not running the ball as much as we've seen, um, you know, those last few years, his rushing totals and rushing numbers have really gone down. I just think his upside is somewhat limited. And I think he's not going to be able to repeat the historic pace that he had this year. That being said, if you wanted to put Aaron Rodgers in your top 10 quarterbacks, I definitely understand that. And then when it comes to Russell Wilson, my issue is mostly philosoph uh, philosophically, you know, that offense, Pete Carroll's come out and said he wants to run the ball more. And while we saw an elite Russ last year, we also saw a really average Russ last year. So I don't know if the league's figuring him out a bit or if the, the offense was performing at a lower level, but he also like led the league in sacks created by himself. You know, so that's obviously a concern that you're going to have going forward is if he's going to continue to perform like that. But there's just some worries there. Um, but again, if you put Russ in your top 10, I'm definitely not going to be mad about it. You know, there's been some rumors of him wanting out of Seattle, potentially the Bears being a destination that's been mentioned. Um, you know, obviously, I'd love that. But again, you know, he's got a lot of the upside that's still there. But I just feel more comfortable with some of the other guys that are on the list from a rushing perspective, too. Um, again, this is a guy who we've seen, you know, put up elite rushing numbers. He had the, you know, he had over 500 rushing yards this year. Didn't really score in many touchdowns. Um, but again, you know, he's a guy who fits kind of that Konami code, you know, style of quarterback that can score, um, with his legs as well as with his arms. So there's definitely the potential upside there, but, you know, just moving forward, I have some concerns. Um, uh, but I, again, I, I really think there's a lot of guys that could fit into this top 10. And then the last like honorable mention that I really have is Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts, the only reason I was tentative, I would probably consider him to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this coming year. My only, the only reason I'm somewhat tentative with that is I don't know what Philadelphia is going to do. I could see them just, you know, the way how he's been, you know, these past couple of years, I could see them go quarterback again and just screw Hurts out of a starting job. But what we saw with Hurts last year, the man played – he started four games and he ran the ball 63 times for 354 yards with three touchdowns. He had six passing touchdowns still. He had over a thousand yards and four starts. Like clearly he's still very talented. He's got the arm talent to perform in the NFL. He's got the leg talent to perform in the NFL. And we only really saw him get a shot in like three of those games. You know, the fourth game was that last game where everybody kind of got pulled at different points because the Eagles were just throwing for a draft pick. Like, 
I just see, you know, there's so much potential with his legs that it's hard to envision Hurts as a non-top 10 quarterback moving forward. And I think personally, like, if he, if they had come out and said that Jalen Hurts is 100% going to be the starter in 2021, I probably would have put him in my top 10. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I really like Jalen Hurts, um, obviously coming out of Oklahoma, really good player, uh, played at Alabama a little bit too. So, I mean, yeah, if Philadelphia screw him out of a starting position, uh, starting quarterback position there in Philadelphia, that I don't know what to really say about the ownership there and Howie Roseman there. I mean, like, oh my God. Like, that's just, I mean, like, he's so good. Like, like, like you mentioned, Jake, he played four games, right? And, like, I actually enjoyed him, actually, on an NFL, on an NFL field. And, like, he's going to have more experience than the rookie that they, they're, they're going to draft, uh, whether it be Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or uh, Trey Lance. It still doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts has played four NFL games, and he has more experience than you. Um, obviously, it would be a terrible decision. Obviously, I really think Philadelphia should go offensive line um, to rebuild their offensive line to what it was in 2017 um, when they won the Super Bowl. So that would be really cool. Um, but like you know, it's now it's time to build around Jalen Hurts, and I hope Howie Roseman realizes that and turns around his drafting abilities to good players. This is also this. This is also the team that we're talking about that passed up on Justin Jefferson. Yeah, man, it's. You know, it's crazy um, that they passed on Jefferson and, you know, really, I crazy, think, dude. I, you know, I think looking back on it, you know, I mean, I definitely, again, you know, I think sometimes, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of, you know, draft stuff that I get wrong, but I had Jefferson as a, I drafted him in every single league that I played in. Like, yeah. I saw the talent, like, I, he was my wide receiver that I wanted. I didn't want Jerry Judy. I didn't want Henry Ruggs. I didn't want Jalen Rieger. I wanted Justin Jefferson. I, I saw the talent that he had. Um, and, you know, to see them pass on that for Rieger, that's why I don't, that's why I'm a little hesitant with Hurts. Like, I see them making a mistake of not, um, excuse me, not continuing to improve um, around Hurts. Um, but again, you know, the upside is there. So if you want, you know, I targeted him in every league um, that I, you know, every startup draft that I've done this year and just his potential is on another level, man. And it's going to continue. He's just, I think, going to continue to improve. And if they really let him run away with the off with like the quarterback position, he might put up Kyler like numbers and rush or Kyler or Lamar like numbers and run for 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 touchdowns and over a thousand yards. Like his rushing upside is insane. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the ability that he could play at, it's just, um, it's nice. You know, Jalen Hurts could be that person that could lead the Eagles to glory. So, I mean, like hopefully that front office sees it. So, I mean, yeah, man, those are some really good rankings. I mean, like, oh, can I actually include something about Russell Wilson? Yeah, for sure. Go for it. All right. So Russell Wilson, uh, I know he's been linked to the Bears, and I talked about it earlier, and I said that we're not going to get him or Deshaun Watson. I mean, like, unless the Bears give up the farm, Jake, I don't really see it happening. I mean, like, you know, Seattle is not dumb. I mean, like, you know, like, they are known of trading big names. They did trade guys like Frank Clark and stuff. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think they also traded for Jadavian Clowney from Houston. So... I mean, like, they are known for trading big names, but, like, you know, Russell Wilson is a household name. I mean, like, you know, for me, you know, it, ha it would have to make sense. The deal would have to make sense. Um, but it's, I would just, I don't know, man. Like, you know, like, you know, we're, we're this close of giving up that much capital and just screwing ourselves and shooting ourselves in the foot for the next six or seven years of how, 
you know, first round picks are valuable and stuff, and you can have like rookies that could come in and make an instant impact. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'm definitely in the side of the argument that that advocates for trading picks for a quarterback. I think you know, in the in today's NFL, the quarterback position does too much and is too valuable. For sure. And while while yes, you can give up too much for a quarterback, I think you know if you're looking at a guy like a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson, either of those guys are easily worth worth three first round picks in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, there's enough talent, especially like if you look at this draft for example, like there's a deep wide receiver talent, there's deep offensive line talent. Like there's deep talent at a lot of positions and that's going to continue to be the case moving forward. Like as we've talked about college football just keeps getting better and better. The NFL talent just keeps getting better and better. So you're going to guys who you would, you know, use a first round pick on in this current draft wouldn't probably be worth a third or fourth round pick a few years from now. Like just the talent level is continuing to get better. And while yes, you're, you know, limiting the options that you have in the upcoming drafts, guys like Wilson and guys like, Watson are guys who performed with bad talent around them. You know, both of these guys have consistently performed with really bad offensive line, limited running back support, limited tight end support. You know, obviously they've had some really good wide receivers around them, but we've seen these guys put up insane numbers with limited talent surrounding them. And I just don't see any reason. Like I will give up third. I like there was a PFF uh, posted a trade today that was like Khalil Mack, Jalen Johnson and two firsts for Russell Wilson. And I got to be honest with that. I would, I would do, do that, that trade. Yes. Like I yeah. would do that. Him, I yes. would do that trade for for Watson too. Like if I I got to mm-hmm. give up Khalil Mack to get a quarterback, I'll do it. Like as as dynamic as Mack is, as important as he is to this defense, a quarterback is so much more important than any defensive player is going to be. Like you, we've see, like we see like teams. You know, arguably the most important position right now for defensive talent is safety and um, linebacker position. You know, guys who can play hybrid roles, guys who can play in coverage, who can be pass rushers, who can be run stoppers. Like these are the, arguably the most valuable guys. And while Mac does very good at, you know, at many of those things, he's really underrated when it comes to his coverage skills, um, even though Chuck Pagano dropped him into coverage too often. Like what you can get out of a quarterback is so much more valuable than what you can get out of a defensive player. And as we saw, we signed a guy, Mario Edwards, that nobody in the league wanted. And he came out and he was arguably for, for the, on a rate basis on the, on based on the snaps that he played, he was arguably like a top 10 defensive end in football. And just what, Mm -hmm. what you can do with like different talent in the defensive position, like you can have a great pass rush without having a guy like Khalil Mack there. Obviously he changes the game. He's an, he's a dynamic elite guy who's basically for me, it's like Aaron Donald's in his own tier and then Khalil Mack's in his own tier right below him. And then you get everybody else in the league. Like, Mm -hmm. but I will give that up for a top five quarterback in a heartbeat. No, yeah, I, 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 I know I would be kind of mad, but like you know, I'm getting Russell Wilson back, so I mean, like you know, it, it would be cool. I mean, like I, I just want a quarterback in Chicago, man. I mean, like even if we got to trade our farm for it, I mean, I think we should have done it a while ago. Um, but oh my God, you know, I mean, like it will, it will make me mad. But like then, but Jake, what, what's going to happen is, is that. It gets it becomes even the offense and defense becomes even the spending and the salaries become even so I mean I would definitely entertain that I mean obviously I mean like if we could swap maybe Kyle Fuller with Jalen Johnson that would be dope but like you know I mean at the same time 
Jalen Johnson is um, is performing like a first round pick, uh, like a first round pick right now. Same thing with Khalil Mack; he's performing like a second round pick right now. So I mean, in value, Seattle's getting three first round picks in a second, which like I don't see why they wouldn't accept that and you know take those picks and rebuild their offensive line or I don't know, get like a quarterback or something like that. Like you know, the Seattle's really good at drafting in the lower rounds too. So I mean, like they could they could rebuild from those picks. But anyways, man. Moving into betting, man. Um, just about under 12 and a half minutes left to go on this show. Um, what do you got, Jake? Um, you've been pretty quiet. Um, it's been hurtful. I've been taking your hockey moves. It's been hurtful here, too. Um, but can we talk about my LA Kings a little bit? Can we? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm down. You know, I, I like you said, I've been quiet when it has come to betting. Like, I've just been... I don't want to say I'm not confident in any of the plays that have been out there, but just like, like it's just been kind of boring. Like we've had a lot of postponements. We've had a lot of COVID games. Yeah. We had those games that were canceled in Dallas because of the weather. Like it, it's just been a really boring slate of games and nothing has really stood out to me. Um, but you know, the Kings, man, they're performing, a, you know, better than I thought they were, you know, like, Better than I thought they were going to, anyway. Um, you know, looks like they're on a pretty, you know, on a pretty decent win streak here. I believe they won five straight, if I'm not mistaken, six straight, because um, yeah, they like had the post, because they had the postponement in there. But yeah, man, they're yeah. they're definitely, you know, they've been one of the biggest surprises for me in the NHL. Um, you know, I it's didn't really... it's definitely early. I know it's early. I mean, I know it's early. I'm not getting too ahead of myself. I mean, because you know, I mean. You know, I think Anzi, he has about 18 or 17 assists, um, and um, Daniel leads the, leads the team in scoring. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see, but like, I, you know, I'm not getting my hopes too up here. Hey, man, you know, I, ESPN, I think, even put out an article that was talking about like the biggest surprises of this year, calling them a playoff contender. And I got to agree, mm-hmm. man, their, their defense has been so. solid. You know, they've been, I think they're at about 2.6, 2.7 goals allowed per game. So, you know, yeah. the defense and the goalie play has been pretty damn good. You know, Anzi Kopitar, he's looking like a point per game player um, per this ESPN article, which is true. He's got only four goals, but he's got 17 assists. So he's getting, you know, consistently, um, you know, he's consistently getting in the action. You know, Dustin Brown coming out at age 36, leading the team, in, you know, with 10 goals. Obviously, you know, like the talent's still there. The talent's performing really well. And if they can hold it up here, like I don't see any reason that they really can't continue to do, you know, extremely well. You know, especially, you know, from the goalie perspective, obviously Jonathan Quick's been a great a great goalie for quite some time. But Calvin Peterson, man, you know, 2.28 yeah. goals allowed per game. He does have the most losses, uh, you know, of the, of the goalies there at four losses, which is more than Quick's two. But damn, man, like that, that defense, like what he's done, he's only given up 22 goals. So that's that 2.28 goals allowed, man. That's elite level production out of their goal, their goaltending there. And I just like they're if they can continue to perform like they're third in the division for a reason. They're going to continue to surprise, I think, a lot of people. And I think they can consistently like I think they can keep this up. Like I don't see anything out of their play that's been unsustainable. Like they could definitely continue to be a contender. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the playoffs and make a pretty deep run. Yeah, I really hope they can, like, you know, like, you know, obviously, you know, for the uh, for the Kings, you have the Vegas Golden Knights there, so the hell of a team there in Vegas. So, I mean, it's scary, obviously, for me as a fan. I mean, like, we did steal a Stanley Cup from the Blackhawks, so I have nothing, I have no shame for that, none at all. You know, I'm like, I mean, like, I love Blackhawks fans, I live in Chicago, but, like, man, I really needed that second championship. Holy shit. There was a lot of controversial there in that second Stanley Cup, man. A lot of controversial stuff. But 
But man, if I look at this, uh, this these West standings, obviously St. Louis, we did get their number on them, Jake. But man, the Vegas Golden Knights, man, um, they're playing very, very good hockey, man. Oh, it's gonna be tough. I mean, like if they keep playing like they are right now, they're gonna make the playoffs. But like you know, they match up with like obviously like in playoff seeding, they're gonna probably match up with a team like Arizona. I mean, I think they can get back, get get past Arizona, but like you know then the next team's probably going to be the Golden Knights. So, I mean, like, you know, oh, my God. I'm nervous, man. Like, you know, I mean, like, right? I, I read an article today in L.A. that, like, this this blogger that I've been following for a really long time in L.A., ever since the Kings won the championship, um, he's, he, he, he wrote that the Kings actually have a chance this year. And, like, I, 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 like, in the last seven years, Jake, you obviously know the Kings have been really bad or ever since they won the Stanley Cup, right? Um, they just went down this hill of misery. So, I mean, now it's just like, man, we got something to work with with this 9-6 um, and six record. I'm like, I don't know why. I'm getting so hype on a 9-6 um, and six record. That's, I mean, that's the way hockey is this year, man. Like, I came, you know, we, we could talk about the Blackhawks, too, obviously. I'm a yeah. Blackhawks fan, obviously living in Chicago. Uh, but, again, they're another team, you know, I think similar to the Kings that kind of came out of nowhere yeah. for a lot of people. Um, you know, you look at the performances guys are putting up, especially when you have, like, you know, not only, like, physically super talented players like Jonathan Taves, who's, you know, he hasn't played a, a single game this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, you know, he's sitting out, you know, with whatever's going on with him. But you have a guy like Patrick Kane who's coming out. He's, you know, 31 points. Uh, he's leading the team in goals. He's leading the team in assists. Like, he's just playing at an insane level. You have rookies like Suter, uh, who... Uh, I believe is leading uh, all NHL rookies in goal in goals this year. Kurashev, who's who's uh, tied for second, like uh, you know Kevin Lankinen, really coming out of nowhere. He's leading all rookie goalies in wins and in shutouts. Like we're seeing some insane performances out of young guys, which is kind of the opposite of the Kings. If you really think about it, the Kings yeah, are getting some really exactly. good performances out of their old guys. Um, yep. So it just just goes to show, like hockey this year, it's interesting, and that's why I think the Kings can keep it up. Like they have the veteran. Yeah presence there to continue to perform um and we and we can see that that's helping a team like the blackhawks you know having guys like andrew shaw having guys like duncan keith patrick kane guys who have been and been around and done it like they're helping this team perform at an insane level and they're bringing up the talent of their rookies because they're performing so well um you know the the you know, some guys on this team, you know, have a lot of potential and I think it's starting to really shine through. Um, but like you said, man, the, the Blackhawks are 11, six and four and they're third in the in the central. So they're in a similar spot, you know, in third place in their division with really good teams like Florida and Tampa in front of them. Um, you know, it's this season. I think I really think this is a season of hockey where it's really anyone's game. Like you could see just about any team getting hot. Like Dallas is currently in sixth in the division like Dallas could get hot and they could win 10 straight like Columbus yeah. could get hot and they could win five six seven in a row and all of a sudden they're a top three or four team in the division like I just think there's a lot of talent in this hockey you know in this hockey season which is why like it's been hard for me to bet on it it's just there's so many talented teams so many teams that are underperforming so many teams that are overperforming like everything just seems to be a crapshoot like I've taken like multiple plus three like minus 300 games that have like I've lost those bets and like typically anything over like minus two fifty I'm like oh that's a shoe in but like I've I like it's just been hard to predict man and there's so many good teams like there's teams like that we haven't even talked about Boston Washington New York uh, Toronto like there's just a lot of elite hockey play this year man it's been wild um, and it's that's why it's you know it's been so hard to bet on it a lot of it's been a crapshoot like I'd I'd have days where I'd win my like six bets 
like go six and oh and then like the next four days i'm like one and four like it's just so hard to predict it, and that's what i love that as a fan makes me excited because it makes every game worth watching but as a gambler man it's just hard it's hard to like not have no confidence going into a bet and not knowing what the outcome is going to be yeah, man. I mean, like speaking of your Chicago players, man. Before I get into like the betting and like how to like how hard how hard hockey is when it comes to betting, but like you know, my boy Alex DeBrincat is doing really well there. I right hear, um, you know, I really liked him coming out, and you know, I mean, I mean, if you if you're looking to trade that guy, I'll give you Anzi Kopitar by like next year. You can use this veteran leadership there, but like, man, I don't think you guys are going to trade him. But like, you know, Definitely nine not. goals. Yeah. Sorry. Well. <laughs> <laughs> wishful thinking there um i think what is it uh 10 goals and nine assists or nine Flip assists that, yeah ten, yeah Man. yeah nine goals ten assists and um you know he's uh, i think the fifth wait so he's 18 14 top scorers right now 12 11 10 so he's like the sixth highest score scoring um board out there right now he's tied with like a bunch of other people but that's still impressive for a 20 30 or a uh, 23 year old player to like be on that um that hockey team and get mentorship from like guys like Patrick Kane who is also third in assist in the league so I mean you know he's having a hell of a season man Patrick Kane one of my favorite hockey players out there man a lot of respect for the Blackhawks man a lot of yeah man but you know if I'm looking at the slate for tonight you know uh there's some there you know a couple good games here like um personally um probably be I'll probably throw a couple bets out there like one or two I'm not gonna go too heavy I want to get kind of I want to get back into a groove with hockey um but I need I need my I need my formula to start working um but tonight you know there's a few bets that I like um broods over rangers you know even though it's only minus 175 uh, this is about the range of you know of games where things are starting to get a little bit clearer. You know teams are starting to you know level out a little bit in their production. But uh, Bruins money line here is really nice. Um, you know this is a Rangers team that's arguably I don't know. Some Not people good. say they're yeah. Some people say they're underperforming. Some people would say they're performing at the talent that they have. I am um, personally leaning towards the underperforming part a little bit this year. But the, this is a Bruins team that's put up some insane numbers so far this year. Um, you know, they're 11, four and two. They've just can, you know, consistently performed, um, you know, so I'm going to lean that. And then um, I'm also going to lean the Patrice Bergeron. I'm going to hit his, his player prop for goals tonight. Um, if he scores a goal, the, the, the prop hits. Um, but you know, Bergeron has been a good, a really good player for them this year. Uh, he's got seven goals and 12 assists, you know, second in the team to, uh, Marshawn and points. Um, but you know, both of those, both of those plays I'm pretty confident in, you know, I, I could definitely see Bergeron getting a, getting a goal in this game. You know, it's about time that he scores for me. Um, I've had him like twice this year and it hasn't worked, but you know, I'm feeling it tonight. So we're going to go the Bruins money line and then Patrice Bergeron. And then in uh, one of the other games um, that I do, I do like, you know, it's the, uh, the, the Kings and uh, Minnesota game. Um, probably to your dismay, uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the Kings money line. Um, every time I bet the Kings, except for the first time I did, they've lost. Um, <laughs> but the Kings, you know, I like the matchup here. Um, the Kings do have plus money as well um, at plus 148. So I'm probably going to lean the Kings money line here. Um, I think Minnesota's a beatable team. Um, you know, their, their offense hasn't been great. Their points leaders only got 15 points. Um, it's really been their goaltending that's, you know, kind of kept them afloat this year. But, it, you know, if Peterson can play the game that he's been playing, like, um, you know, he, he's a better goals, goals a lot per game than either of the, uh, the wild goalies. So I think it's definitely possible, um, that the Kings win here. So I'm going to take the Kings money line as well. 
Man, I love the I love the inspiration. Well, not the inspiration. I love the confidence in my LA Kings, man. I, I haven't been to LA in like a couple of years now. I need to go back. Like, I, obviously after COVID, I really want to go see a game. But, um, but like here's the deal, man. I'm actually gonna try the hockey slate too. So, um, this is something new. I don't really bet hockey, but like you know, I've been winning a lot of Jake's bets uh, last week. I mean, he's been kind of slow this week, but like not a shot towards you or anything. But like you know, uh, it's been really close sometimes. So, uh, but I'll, I will take those bets, the Mar- uh, the Bergeron goals, and I will actually take um, the Bruins there too. Probably put together like a same game parlay or something like that. That's actually not a bad idea if it's possible. But my hockey bet is I always bet my Kings um, when it's. They're really, really hot right now. I think they're on a five or six game win streak, so they're it's really quiet. So I mean, it's been under the radar. So give me the Kings, the money line. I'm all right there. Uh, but I'm I'm actually gonna parlay that with the Bruins money line. So that's actually some good odds there, some positive odds there. Um, so that ends my hockey slate right there. So for my uh, NBA slate, I will actually be taking two spread plays here. Um, the Utah Jazz, um, the spread is six and a half right now. Um, they are the best team against the spread right now. Uh, they play lockdown defense, man. If the, if the Jazz are down, like, say, 65 to 60 um, to the Heat in the third quarter, don't worry. Don't worry. If you have doubts, go check what they did to Charlotte uh, going into the fourth quarter. They were only up by three or four, and they ended up winning the game by 22 points. So, or 25 or 26 points. That defense in the fourth quarter, that Jazz defense, can really lock you down. I mean, obviously the Lakers, like without Anthony Davis and Schroeder, they they experienced that a couple of nights ago. But like, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna hide behind those injuries. You know, obviously LeBron James couldn't do anything. Kyle, um, Kyle Kuzma couldn't do anything. But you know. In for the Heat perspective, you know Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler are gonna have to have big nights for this uh, to pull off a win there. But you know I'm gonna roll Utah minus six and a half there, obviously. And um, my second bet for the NBA is I'm gonna take uh, the Warriors uh, minus six. I mean obviously Steph Curry is due. Um, he he and Terry Rozier it, like if you look at the history between the Hornets and the Warriors in the last couple of games here. Um, both have gone over um, in both games. I think Curry and Rozier had 30 plus points. Um, you could put together a nice same game parlay, some terrific odds. Um, I'm going to shout out Chili Bets, um, some really nice bets on there. I mean, like they're shooting for odds, so you know it's going to be one, um, 101 odds. You're not going to win all the bets, but still, you know, uh, they put together some really nice parlays that have hit in the month of February. So, um, really good work there by Chili Bets. So, um, yeah, Golden State minus six and Utah Jazz minus um, minus seven right there for my NBA bets. Yeah, man. As you know, I almost follow nothing when it comes to uh, basketball at all. But you it's know okay. What? I, it's okay. I like the confidence you got there. I'm going to tail your bets tonight and see how that works let's out. Go. But let's, let's see go, what happens. Man. Let's go, man. Finally, I got Jake to tail my bets. But like, anyways, guys, we'll talk to you next week um, on the Fantasy Oddscast. We hope you're staying home, you're staying comfy, but that's Jake's line, but I'll let him stay here in a second. But we'll be back next week um, with some tight end rankings, I think it is, for uh, yes, Dynasty. Sir. Yeah, so tight end rankings for Dynasty um, and some other news around the NFL, some trade rumors. Obviously, we've been talking about the Bears and Russell Wilson and all that stuff, but like, we'll catch you guys, we'll catch you guys up on that. And until then, Jake, take it away. Yeah, thank you guys again for uh, giving us all a listen. As always, 
follow my uh, my host AJ Desai at AJ Desai four on Twitter. Follow me Jake Perry thirty four. We appreciate all the support you guys, but stay home and stay comfy. Thanks guys. We'll talk to you next week.